The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Delta. At Delta Airlines, we're committed to donating 1% of our net profits to charities around the world. For more information about Delta, visit Delta.com. Good morning. I'm James Homan from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Friday, June 29th. In today's news, a gunman kills five at a newsroom in Annapolis. President Trump summons two pro-choice Republican women to the White House to talk about the Supreme Court. And tensions are growing within ICE. But first, the big idea. The bad boys of Brexit had ties to Russia. When British voters were deciding whether Great Britain should exit the European Union in the summer of 2016, American observers saw many similarities between the so-called Brexit campaign and the presidential campaign of Donald Trump. Both were populist insurgencies that focused on reducing immigration and emphasized the importance of national sovereignty. The leaders of the Brexit movement even served as informal advisors to Trump and traveled to the U.S. to speak at his rallies. Here's the leading Brexit politician Nigel Farage addressing the Conservative Political Action Conference a few weeks after Trump's inauguration. Our real friends in the world speak English, have common law, and stand by us in times of crisis. But we've now learned of another link between the Brexit campaigners and the Trump campaign. Internal emails and texts show that at the same time, some of these key supporters of Brexit were becoming very close, very chummy with the Russian ambassador in London. And they told us that they eventually had uh, four in-person meetings. That's my colleague, Roz Helderman, who helped break this story. And they say it's purely a coincidence that two of the meetings they had came in such close proximity to the meetings they had with Donald Trump. That's right. Key supporters of Brexit, including a wealthy British businessman named Aaron Banks, who poured millions into the effort, were meeting with the Russians and Trump in close proximity. Banks and his hard-partying associates, who call themselves the bad boys of Brexit, have captured the interest of investigators in the United Kingdom, as well as special counsel Bob Mueller here in the United States. Both countries' inquiries are centering on questions about the extent of Russia's involvement in the seismic political events that have shaken the world order. In Britain, revelations about Banks' Russian contacts have raised questions about whether the Russians sought to bolster the Brexit effort behind the scenes. And in Washington, congressional Democrats are asking another question. Did the Brexit leaders serve as a conduit between Trump and the Kremlin? Here's Helderman again. They tell us that they believe that this opens a whole new chapter into the investigation into uh, Russian interference in the 2016 election. The bad boys of Brexit forcefully deny that they played any kind of back-channel role to facilitate coordination between Trump and Russia. But the latest revelations and the questions they raise underscore the importance of Mueller's probe. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, five are dead and two are injured after a man with a vendetta against the Capital Gazette newspaper in Annapolis, Maryland, allegedly fired a shotgun through the newsroom's glass doors at its employees. Officials identify the suspect as Jared Ramos, who is now in custody and will be arraigned today. In 2015, Ramos lost a defamation case he brought against the paper over a column from 2011 that he contended defamed him. It provided a straightforward account of Ramos's guilty plea to criminal harassment of a woman over social media who he had attended high school with. Ramos was found yesterday hiding under a desk in the Capitol Gazette newsroom. He carried canisters with smoke grenades that he used inside the building. 
he was not cooperating with police investigators. Despite the horrifying tragedy, the Capitol still put out a newspaper this morning. Number two, the fate of Roe v. Wade may hinge on two Republican senators, Susan Collins of Maine and Lisa Murkowski of Alaska. Both say they support abortion rights, and they will cast pivotal votes on whoever Trump nominates to replace retiring Supreme Court Justice Anthony Kennedy. Collins says that while she believes asking a nominee for the court whether they would rule for or against abortion is inappropriate, she always presses them on their views about respecting existing legal decisions. Here's Collins at the Capitol yesterday. But I do get a sense from them on whether or not they respect precedent. And from my perspective, Roe v. Wade is an important precedent and it is settled law. Both Collins and Murkowski stress that Roe v. Wade will not be the sole factor in deciding whether to support who Trump picks. They voted against repealing Obamacare last year, each proving to be a decisive vote, but they've supported the president's judicial nominees thus far for lower courts. Abortion will be a front and center issue in 2018 as a result of the Supreme Court vacancy. During a Fox News debate on Thursday night between the two leading Republican candidates to be governor, it was the first issue to come up, and each candidate made clear that they want to overturn Roe. The two parties, Democrats and Republicans, continue to sort themselves out on this issue. In the House of Representatives, for example, because of the retirements of two congressmen, there will not be a single pro-choice Republican in the House next year. Number three. Tensions within ICE are on the rise. Agents in the Homeland Security Investigative Division of the Immigrations and Customs Enforcement Agency are asking to split off from the immigration unit. In a letter to Department of Homeland Security Chief Kirsten Nielsen, 19 special agents say that mounting political backlash is harming the reputation of the entire agency. Their letter offers a window into growing internal tension. HSI focuses on counterterrorism, narcotics enforcement, human trafficking, and other crimes like that. The agents there say the branch that carries out immigration arrests and deportation is harming their reputation and undermining the willingness to cooperate of sources and local law enforcement agencies. Speaking of ICE, a former spokesman for the agency spoke to CBS News yesterday about his decision to quit in protest of the administration's policies and what he alleges were orders from up the chain of command to lie to reporters. But while the whistleblower was talking to CBS at his home, federal agents from DHS showed up to question him. Here's part of that exchange. I'll talk to you. Okay, great. When can we talk? As soon as I contact my lawyer. Okay. Were you surprised to see them? Completely shocked. Unexpected. This is intimidation. The former spokesman told CBS, quote, this is why people won't come out and speak against the government. And that's The Daily 202 for Friday, June 29th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. Have a good weekend. I'll talk to you on Monday.